1: You're listening to DC On Screen. We almost didn't make it this week, but we managed to jump on late to discuss DC film delays, Disney's massive, streaming-focused reorganization that's going to change everything forever, and HBO Max's Green Lantern, all that and more, plus your questions. Right after this ad
0: that we have no control over.
1: Welcome to DC On Screen, episode six hundred and fifteen. This is the podcast where we talk about the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects, upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it has been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers. And welcome to the show. I'm David C. Robertson, and this is the man who's been desperately fighting a Google thermostat, Jason Goss. I'm still not winning, but I'm fighting. <laughs> Um, So because of of that uh, epic fight, we're going to have to hurry this episode along a little more than we were going to. But there's not a lot to talk about, honestly. No, we'll just hit hit it and go. All right. So uh, thanks to the patrons, you warm, wonderful people. Mm -hmm. If you'd like to join their ranks, it's just a dollar a month to support this show and get every episode ad free and five a month for extra content like Chasing Squirrels and Marvel Reviews and so on and so forth when we... Have it available. So on the movie news side of things, (laughs) it's mostly just delays. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) It's mostly news Uh, about not news.
1: Yeah. The Batman's been delayed until March 4th. Right. 2022. And we all knew that was going to happen when WB pushed Dune back to October. Yeah. Which was where the Batman was supposed to be. Right. Uh, The Flash has been moved from June to November 4th, 2022. Uh, but good news, Billy Crudup is in talks to, to come back as Henry Allen. So That's pretty sweet. Come on, Kiersey Clemens. Mm-hmm. Uh Shazam! Fury of the Gods is moving to June 2nd, 2023. At this point, they might as well just write the third one and <laughs> shoot them back to back. Just go for it. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> like Zach said, man, those kids aren't, they're not slowing down in, in growth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, yeah. uh, here's a sad one. Black Adam has been taken off the WB release schedule. It was going to be December twenty second, twenty twenty one, but that's the new release date for Matrix Four, and we don't have a date for Black Adam now.
2: Look, I, I'm just I'm just putting my you know hat in the ring, or number in the hat, or number in the ring in the hat, or whatever the hell you call it. But I just don't think they know where it's landing. I don't think that's off the slate.
1: No, I don't think it is. Like no, no, I don't think it's not happening. It's just I think it's.
2: They just haven't the found the landing place for it yet.
1: But to be fair, let's just say all of these things are up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll talk about this just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't
2: gonna. But then you were like, "We should." So. Um, oh, I have a just to fund a fun sidebar before that. Mm-hmm. How much fun would it be if up showed up as Manhattan instead?
1: If we can, I can do. Can we do both? <laughs>
2: nothing stopped like if you put him in all that blue you were not going to recognize him versus the actor anyway so fuck it let's do it yeah alright that was it
1: <clears throat> we show Billy Crudup show up as Dr. Manhattan and then they do an uncharacteristic close up of the dick and as Zack Snyder going yeah <laughs> 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 I'm back baby
2: or like give him a little graphic that's like the uh, the Mortal Kombat whoopee kind of thing at the bo- just the bottom right of the screen <laughs>
1: Yes. Perfect. <laughs> yes, can we do that? <laughs> Every time there's some sort of like humor that undercuts the drama behind the sh- the movie, we'll have Zack Snyder pop up and go,
2: "Whoopsie." Yeah. Yeah. Let's eventually let's eventually just have a version of Justice League where it's just like a like a 7-hour long cut of the movie that's kind of fucked up, but it's in one corner it's like a graphic of of uh John's doing that. And another corner, it's a version of Snyder doing the whoopee and they're just fighting the entire time. Mm -hmm. I'd watch it. Yeah. All
1: right. So Patty Jenkins, director of wonder woman, uh, (laughs) has warned that the cinema shutdown will not be a reversible process. All right. Uh, she says, um, we could lose movie theater going forever. And that was with, uh, she was talking to, to Reuters about that. She said it could be the kind of thing that happened to the music industry where you could crumble the entire industry by making it something that can't be profitable. And uh, she assured us that a straight to video uh, or a video in demand play for, Wonder, Bro- for uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is not uh, in the cards. Uh, Warner Brothers doesn't want to do that. She says, I don't think any of us want to live in a world where the only option is to take your kids to watch a movie in your own living room and not have a place to go for a date. I really hope that we are able to uh be one of the very first ones to come back and bring that into everyone's life. And some of that's well and good, that last sentiment especially. And look, there are still there are still uh drive in theaters. Uh there are a few around here. Pop up theaters even. Pop up theaters and stuff. But if you're asking me, and I know from talking to you, you feel the same way. I do. But for me, I'll ask you. Comments, Dave, what do you think about this? Uh tone deaf as hell? A little bit. And honestly, incredibly selfish. Like, <laughs> shut like, I up. don't want to make it a well, personal this isn't consideration a
2: art for it. It because I almost, I, I get that. I really do. Some part of me wants to well, give part her of me, like a little bit of credit and be like, I don't know. I, th- I think she just maybe not, maybe isn't seeing the scope of the matter right now.
1: Maybe. Maybe she's just towing the Warner Brothers line because uh, think about it's it. It's entirely if possible Warner they're media?
2: feeding her that. Telling her, no, we're going to yes, make you the absolutely. first foot forward. Like, we're, we're saving this for a reason, the whole thing.
1: Right, and look, Warner Media, like I, Warner Media, Warner Brothers, whoever.
2: It could be either one of those characters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, yes, <laughs> you <laughs> need a whole flowchart to keep track of it. But right now, it could be any of them to some extent. Yeah. Uh,
1: so they might be telling her, "Hey, look, keep pushing the theater angle." Um, and you know, you know, right now, if they came out and said, "Hey, theater's not going to happen," sorry, eighty-four fans. What we're gonna do is we're gonna put it on an HBO Max. Patty Jenkins, her ass would be somewhere. Variety, Hollywood Reporter, one of these places talking about what an opportunity is to have your movie premiere on, on
2: this new digital streaming
1: blah. blah. Hey, look, She'll be I, she'd be
2: great with it as as what is effectively an employee level job to some extent when it comes to press. Yeah, of course she would. I mean yeah, yeah. like we, we've we've seen these lies in the last few years uh, and varying levels and very levels of uh, gravity, but yeah. Yeah, dude, of course you should uh, of course you'd push that angle. And what choice yeah. would you have? Also, like you might as well lean into this being something fun instead of a thing you didn't want to do. Yeah. Like if you had told Tenet a month ago, Hey, this is what we're going to do instead. He had put so much press out and been so forward on the subject a certain way that I don't know how he would have possibly reversed that. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've heard heard Patty Jenkins say anything that would be even close to that direction. And even still, you you know, you could easily write her a press release where she would come back and say, "Well, you know, we thought something was going on this way, but hey, like this is a great opportunity." And blah 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 blah. You can imagine the rest, right?
1: Yeah, I just I is. It is just it's it's so crazy to me that people are still like towing this line and still saying this stuff. Like Regal Cinemas, like the second largest the three hundred and fifty theater
2: theaters, I think it was. Yeah.
1: Like they're 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 shut they're down. Gone. They're gone for now. Uh for now. Prob probably
2: forever. Honestly. Very, very um, possibly. Like their their stock price is not great.
1: AMC is gonna have to figure something out. Well, honestly, they, they are. They've already said they're not going to play universal movies. So they better jump right. They better pack pedal fast, buddy, because
2: y'all. I mean, look, <laughs> uh, was it Center World, I think, was the uh, the official holder of Regal uh, Cinemas. Mm-hmm. Their stock price yeah. is at uh, just, I mean, literally a fraction of what it was, say, in January. Right. If you have real faith in <laughs> in the cinema coming back and want to do some investing, hey, Bye con Dios man. I'm not suggesting it for no. god's sake and f- at least for legal purposes, but I'm just saying at the moment that is it's it's dirt. It's literally like $4.72 mm-hmm. I think I saw earlier. It's nothing compared to 70 yep. like 70 or $80. Um Yep. It, AMC didn't look that much better. Like they no. since February they have just ticked down in a way like there is a very very small downtick if you look at them for like the last 3 years. Just, but it's very small. Yeah. It's not now, precipitous. Look, this last thing, mm, it's bad. I
1: already had this on the docket to talk about because you and I spoke about mm-hmm. it. Um, this was, I think it was October 8th that Patty says this. Um, <laughs> not like an hour after you and I talked about it. CNBC publishes this. Disney says its primary focus for entertainment is streaming, announces a major reorganization. Here are the key points. Disney is restructuring its media and entertainment divisions. In order to further accelerate its direct-to-consumer strategy, the company will be centralizing its media businesses into a single organization that will be responsible for content distribution, ad sales, and Disney+. The change comes as as the global coronavirus pandemic has crippled its theatrical business and ushered more customers towards its streaming options. Now, the CEO, though, um. says, here's a quote from, from the article. I would not characterize it as a response to COVID. Got to go ahead and I call would my say, BS meter right now. I would say COVID accelerated the rate at which we made this transition, but this transition was going to happen
2: anyway. And the BS meter is back to where I found it. <laughs> yep. All right, so uh, that before is you send that. absolutely true.
1: <laughs> before you
2: sent me that um, this afternoon, I I really like I spent whatever downtime I had today just looking for uh, what like what literally whatever I could find to track the situation because our ongoing stance has kind of been for a few years and God I wouldn't know where to point you to but it is it, 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 we've said this on record like the, the before COVID was a word we knew uh, you know outside of a lab uh that some of this wasn't sustainable like that there are just parts of this business model that were already kind of hurting and yes it's streaming oh, yeah. services it's for sure streaming services that have done uh, that are the major disruptor in the industry um i didn't know exactly where that was going to land and honestly i spent a lot of time today trying to look for something that was kind of like hey let me let me get a really good like, I need a factual something that changed. And then you sent me that article. I was like, oh, cool. I was just looking too early. It, it dropped yeah. it dropped a couple hours after I was looking this afternoon. Th- that's bad. That's, that's really yeah. bad if you're a movie theater. Let,
1: let me f- further contextualize that, <laughs> what this means. David Sandberg, the director of Shazam, yeah. tweeted that link to that CNBC <laughs> article and says, RIP theaters, I guess.
2: <laughs> I mean, really, probably. Look, I mean, it, it's uh, things are changing. And yeah, uh, COVID sped some, some changes up and made some changes happen that were never going to happen to begin with. And look, man, the world changed a lot in the last year. But this was maybe something that was a, a little bit inevitable. Like, do you remember George Lucas predicting that eventually theater tickets would be like $150 a pop? Mm-hmm. Because they would change it to a high-end experience. Um hmm yeah, I mean something on on the level of like going to Broadway or like you'd you'd have a really nice theater where everything was
3: uh,
2: everything was on point and it was it was uh, I don't know it was great and there were actual stairwells going up to things and shit like that. I don't know, but I don't know how you make a hundred fifty dollar movie ticket for me personally. But that's something I was always going to be priced out of personally. But the fact that it changed so much in the time frame that it did mm-hmm. to me, it's uh, like I. I'm hurting more over the idea that, uh, especially with some of Jim Lee's comments, that you know maybe the monthly print issues are just on a ticking clock. Yeah, they are. And it just—it's just kind of a matter of time before, <laughs> before I'm just going to be forced to like read it digitally and get the trade paperback mm-hmm. if I if I fell uh, so let. But yeah, man. I mean,
1: hey, you know, I've I've got people in my life who just don't, I just refuse to accept what's happening with theaters. And I've sent them the sa- all the same thing pretty much. I've t- or told them all the same thing. I've basically quoted Bob Dylan to him, man, mm-hmm. like, your old road is rapidly aging. <laughs> Get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand, man for the times they are a changing. Like that song says everything, the line it is drawn, the curse it is cast, the slow one now will later be fast.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I thought you were gonna say the order is work rapidly on fading, Farm you know anymore. <laughs> no, I don't, but <laughs> but I think that's relevant too. But good Lord, this isn't, yeah, this isn't up for debate. Like It's going away.
2: No, I, so honestly, like you, uh, yeah, spend your $30 you, you sent on the me that line, article y'all. pretty much like as I was starting to work on this thermostat <laughs> and I had stopped to read it real quick and, and try to get back. But like that, that felt like a death knell, dude. Um, yeah. And we've talked about it previously, we've alluded to it at least, like uh, the release of Milan uh, was, let's face it, kind of a big deal. Like The fact that they were going to put one of their high budget movies that they would have counted on if it was, like, it would have been not the biggest tentpole, but it would have been a tentpole for them just to get through, uh, like, late summer. Right. And the fact that they just said no VOD and here's how we're doing it and we have a whole new processing system and there's there's the, this a whole that we've got an entirely different pricing structure and it's going to connect to Disney Plus this way that was very calculated and mm-hmm. in saying that like there's uh, i forget the date on that CNBC article but it said that there was like an there's going to be an investors day to kind of explain the process to people to people that you know have literally stock in the matter Mm-hmm. Um, by like first quarter of 2021, they're supposed to have a new structure on their books for how they're going to report actual earnings. Like th- this isn't a we're going to see how it goes. They're they're doing this. They're they're, yeah. they're doing this full stop. This is what's happening now. And just to be sure, they specifically mention that it involves the Marvel Studios movies. Mm-hmm. You have no reason to think necessarily that you're going to go to a theater and see the next Marvel movie. No. It, we don't know where that lands yet. Now, And part yeah. of that is because Regal's shutting down for now, and we know it's for now, but fuck, we'll see. I mean, they're hanging on by a string. Like I, I listened to something from Variety earlier today where it was talking about a, I mean, a, I forget the name of the guy, but it's like an L.A. theater holder who's been there for, his family's been, you know, a theater owner in L.A. for 100 years. And, yeah. you know, talking about how they survived the nineteen. 19- uh, 30s and 40s even, like they they just made adjustments. And this is the first time they've shut down. Like 9-11, they showed the movies. Earthquakes, they showed movies. Riots, they showed movies. They shut down after yeah. all that. At the same time, I've heard people talking about in New York, same thing, theater owners, especially some of the big, uh, like AMC and Regal kind of uh, owners talking about they, they can't get to the New York <laughs> market right now. Um, because um, among many things, like one of the things that Cuomo said, uh, said was a no-go right now is theaters. Um, mm-hmm. it, like even if he opened theaters, he'd have to talk about concessions. And that is a whole thing that like it, uh, he's, he's just straight up told him, no, we're not doing it. And kind of, I, to, to some extent, understand the <laughs> argument they have is like, why are the restaurants open? but We can't do theaters. Look, long story there. And we can get into it if you want to, but mm-hmm. it's, it's complicated. I don't know the answers. <laughs> I do know they can't get into that market. Yeah. So. Well, With look, L.A. You know, and New York I, shut down, I don't know how the hell Regal's going to get off the mat here in a couple months.
1: I don't either. And you, even that uh, that article uh, where Patty Jenkins was talking about that stuff, they said that 70% of theaters are, are still going, not counting, you know, like Manhattan and L.A. and stuff. I think that's a generous number. I don't think it's 70%. But I don't think it is. And even if you don't include People
2: aren't <laughs> going. It doesn't matter that they're open. People aren't going. There's, all right. So one of the articles I did find that was – pretty informative for me it was another variety of article and it was from i think october 8th or 10th i'm sorry um but it was it was with some uh some producers and even they talked about look i've gone to drive-ins i've gone to pop-ups i've gone to whatever i've done this and that and that and even they talked about they went to go see a movie in a theater and were like struck by you know they're they're sitting one seat across from somebody who you know, came in with their mask, but then they got a popcorn, um, took off their mask, and then ate popcorn the entire the entire movie and used that as an excuse not to wear the mask anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about mask efficacy all you want later, but what, what that told that moviegoer, and this is a moviegoer who has skin in the game, is that they weren't comfortable in that theater. Because even when they went and risked it, they were still sitting around people that made them uncomfortable and they weren't able to enjoy the movie. That's right. So... Yeah, even if you have a situation that is, like, justifiable, you've still got to get people back on board with going to do that experience. I mean, personally, I'm not there. I wouldn't go to a movie right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I have people at risk in my family, like, seriously at risk in my family. I wouldn't go to a movie and just open that door up. It's not worth it for me.
1: Yeah. I yeah,
2: I don't want to go to a movie. <laughs> We're not. There. I didn't want to go before COVID. <laughs> We're not there yet. and Yeah, that. That's another argument is there are a lot of people that would applaud the move as like, look, I would rather be at home on my couch. I don't care about the experience. I don't care mm-hmm. about the families or the dates or the whatever, whatever nostalgic argument you can come up with. And they are all valid in their own way. It is a cultural thing that we are potentially losing for sure. I get that. But some of the stuff that we're getting instead, the convenience is just as important to people for different reasons. Yep. It's, it's going to be a complicated time. But yeah, but Disney making that move may uncomplicate the matter a lot. Oh, it will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, since we're talking about streaming anyway, let's transition over to uh, to HBO Max here. Okay. Uh, we actually have some really exciting news. They they have, uh, no pun intended, greenlit uh, Green Lantern the 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 series um apparently the show will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz and Alan Scott, Earth's first green lantern, who, true to the comics, is a gay man. Nice. And many more. The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog and will also introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. By the way, you know who's mysteriously not listed there? Who that? John Stewart. <laughs> i wonder what you think he might be doing you know you know who just became a green lantern at the end of arrow Mm -hmm. john diggle Mm. so what if they what if they didn't want to say john stewart because they didn't want to blow surprise and say john diggle
2: hey look i'm okay with that
1: (laughs) now look hbo max has ordered 10 one-hour episodes and the series is going to be co-written and executive produced by seth graham smith and mark guggenheim With Graham Smith serving as showrunner, Berlanti Productions will produce, in association with Warner Brothers Television, where Berlanti is under a rich overall deal. Very rich. I'm okay with
2: everything going through Berlanti at
1: this point. Yeah. Now, Seth Graham... Smith was the guy who was mm-hmm. going to direct mm-hmm. the flash with Ezra a few years back. Um, he's the novelist and screenwriter who did the Lego Batman movie and dark shadows. Mm-hmm. And he did, uh, Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter for he better did Pride and prejudice and zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a producer on the two recent it movies. He was a producer on the reboot of child's play that had Mark Campbell doing Chucky.
2: It feels like his stock got raised after you talked about Abraham Lincoln.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> But now look, Ray Fisher has this to say of Seth. Seth Graham Smith is an awesome dude through and through. We connected in a big way during his time on the Flash film. He's got a big heart and I know he's going to slay Green Lantern. There is no better commander for the Corps. Well deserved, Seth. Now, who was that other guy they mentioned? Which one? Guggenheim. Mark Guggenheim. Oh, that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Where have I heard that name? Man. Oh, wasn't
1: Follow he me, the showrunner for Arrow?
2: I, I, you know, I've forgotten that show was canceled, and I forgot everything that came with it.
3: Mm-hmm. 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 But it does ring
1: a bell and that he was way. Also, it feels like he was also I maybe mean, he in just directed the Ryan Reynolds, Green
2: Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> could possibly no, be, he, no. could possibly be no, he we, was entirely in charge of most of the stuff we enjoyed, but that.
1: Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he was the showrunner for most of Arrow. Um... Can't imagine who he might want to play Jon Stewart for the series. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, couple things. Uh, if you told me that Ramsey was going to go over and play the, the big screen GL, uh, uh, fuck yes, take my money. Nice. I absolutely believe the guy can handle it. I have no doubts whatsoever about it. Um, whatever metric they're using to measure that kind of thing, uh, uh, please, dear God, hear me now. Yes, he can do it. Please do it. The other option is if John Stewart GL is being used elsewhere, um, say, for instance, even even like a an HBO Max property, mm-hmm. um,
1: I'm, I'm okay with that, too. I just think it's – you know, I do – one, I think it's interesting that, you know, they went out of their way to, to bring up several diverse lanterns. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They basically they d- said,
2: like, oh, you wanted Green Lantern, but you couldn't decide. <clears throat> okay. What if we gave you the fruit salad version?
1: Right, But, you know, they went out of their way to say, like, look, we have multi-ethnic lanterns and we have a gay lantern, mm-hmm. but they don't bring up Jon Stewart. <laughs> that's fishy. <laughs> that's fishy, man. That's like the, that's the lantern everybody knows, like, because of the Justice League cartoon. We all know who the
2: hell Jon Stewart is. Well, you say it's because of the cartoon, but honestly, right now, like, it, I had to, I had to sit there and think to myself what Hal Jordan was doing in the current comics, for a minute and i'm, I'm be, pretty he's sure he's just cool i don't know i'm pretty sure grant morrison's <laughs> just got him being like a space cop right now but the current justice league in the comics is john stewart oh that's cool i didn't realize that oh yeah no the current justice league i'm not called at the moment is of course batman superman wonder woman uh martian uh the john stewart green lantern
3: <laughs> hawk girl
2: and cyborg
3: mm-hmm. and flash
2: sorry i think that's it i'm Sure, I'm missing a bunch of auxiliary characters, but let's face it: if you're if you're drawing a cover, I think those are the ones that show up on the Scott Snyder version of Justice League. But I mean, yeah, shit. <laughs> there's there's no version of what you just described that I'm not okay with.
1: Yeah, like I I honestly just think they didn't mention John Stewart because his name is not John Stewart. If if they're doing David Ramsey, and they just didn't want to even like broach that topic yet. <laughs> I mean, or give it away the, mis- the the surprise or something. Something's something's fishy. About I will give you it.
2: this. That would be a really boring way to do that reveal. If I read it in a <laughs> like if I it saw would. a tweet yeah. that was like, "And yeah. the Diggle version of Lantern." Oh shit!
3: Now I, I fully Under understand. That. I characters might be wrong. You told
2: me about that giant thing that would that, that's going to make me like scream and like bust sheetrock in my home and have to repair it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm punching a wall or a ceiling. It's happening.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, I willed this shit into existence, man. I'd be like Homelander on top of a building somewhere, fapping away. I can do anything.
2: <laughs> Hold on. Where are you in that series? <laughs> oh, I've finished you it. You have? Okay, I was about to say, that. that's going to have a different meaning later.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. It's like the last Yeah, it was. It was the
2: last we saw him. Just make it sure. Because like the first time he does it, it's <laughs> very like... Uh, you know, you know, establishing his power. And then the last scene he does it, it's, it's very like, he's literally and figuratively impotent.
1: <laughs> as if we didn't know who that character was. Like, it, tell me
2: <laughs> if All I'm reading the scene wrong. Them. Cause I, uh, but I read that as someone who couldn't quite finish.
1: Oh, I, I don't know. Like I've I read it as someone who was coming in the moonlight because he was convincing himself he could do anything. Oh, okay.
3: There's, there's that too. I can
1: <laughs> to <him>. All right. <laughs> so look, <laughs> We reserve that for also, And look, man, I I, I I don't know exactly all of the twists and turns or if this is still connected to uh, the Green Lantern core project Jeff Johns was talking about doing or was doing for the longest time. I do think it's interesting that Jeff Johns isn't at all involved in this Green Lantern show from what we can tell. And hopefully WB and HBO Max are starting to taper his involvement in preparation for a possible ousting. They're just like, yeah, so, Jeff, um, stuff's going around, mm-hmm. as you know. Maybe we don't do this right now. Oh, you're just going to not do the Green Lantern show? We didn't say that.
2: <laughs> Maybe we don't do this thing where we, you know, let you go on site, first of all. Mm-hmm. Second, give you credit. And three, um, keep you on board for now.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Look, uh, right, as far as that goes, like yeah, we're on we're on board right now with the uh, the, yeah, the 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 Johns is kind of a piece of shit theory, mm-hmm. and I, I do believe it. I, I hope if you're listening at this point, you do trust that. If we're wrong about that, of course, we'll explain that and say why. Uh, but for right now, mm, yep. this seems like the most likely thing.
1: Yep, we don't
2: we don't die on hills often here. <laughs> I haven't found one worth dying on yet. I've thought I was on a hill and then found a mountain and decided it would be better if I climbed that instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we've, we've got we've got some uh, some listener questions here for, for the Green Lantern stuff. you want to talk about True. it? J. Scotty St. Clair over on Twitter uh, says Does the involvement of DC veterans Mark Guggenheim and Seth Graham Smith do more to buoy? Or undermine your expectations for Green Lantern. Bowie. Uh Yeah, I'm buoyed. To in my heart, I've been mostly happy with Arrowverse. HBO Max opens up what they can do. Um, the fact that it's ten episodes, Arrowverse has always been better when it was shorter. And uh, so we have Guggenheim, we have Berlanti, and to me, that means that we're we have a greater chance of seeing David Ramsey play the part. Honestly,
2: sure. I mean, they—that's where I'm at. They have, there are problems that I have with that channel, that I, I think do bleed over into the properties that we watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, the length of, <laughs> the length of seasons and st- stuff like that, and you know, just certain tropes that they hit too hard, that kind of thing. And yeah. f- for certain, Guggenheim in particular, we have uh, specifically called out on a number of occasions for just lying in in uh, you know interviews, but. Uh, it, end of the day, um, for me, that was in good fun, and I, uh, I, I do, I appreciate the job he's doing as far as that goes. The, I, I think overall, they, they batted way out of their weight class for where they were, mm-hmm. yep. so much so that like it grabbed the movies and brought them in. That still is one of my favorite accomplishments in the entirety of television production that yep. I have ever been privy to. Yep. So yeah. All right. Big uh, win for me.
1: Yeah. Chris Balga. On Twitter says, "Do you see the Green Lantern show episodic or as an anthology series? And how do you foresee them bringing in Alan Scott since his powers are more magic based? Any storylines that you hope they adapt in its first season?" I I personally don't have any storylines that I really care about that I just have to see adapted. Um, they could do like a a mishmash for all I care. Um, I think it will be. I could see them doing more of an anthology, focusing, like grabbing an episode per different Green Lantern and then slowly weaving that together for for the big finale, like sort of doing like Pulp Fiction, <laughs> you know, Yeah. you're just taking stories and then interweaving them. A little bit. Maybe like an Emerald Knights type of situation.
2: It, a little so. bit. I like that approach sometimes and other times it has drawbacks. It's hard. It, yeah. it really depends on execution.
1: Yeah and you know I don't I'm not really sure how they'll weave in Alan Scott. I know in the comics they've sort of at times been like, you know, he was really just harnessing, you know, magic is science we don't understand, so he was you know tapping into the same energy that the Greenland, that the OWens were using in the first place. Yeah, but it's uh, did like you un- it, it he into into did you understand that differently than I did? The energy
2: before they could articulate it kind of thing. Like yeah, it yeah, it there, there are versions where it's it's wound in, mm-hmm. uh, and I I don't know like I don't know his, if it would be like a waste of time to go back for that exactly.
1: Well, you know, his daughter Jade, she didn't even need a Green Lantern ring.
2: Yeah, also true
1: at times. So, you know, I, they could do a lot of different things with it. They could they could play with it a little bit. I think. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cooper over on Twitter says, "Fan cast the announced roles for the Green Lantern TV show." Um. <laughs> Bill Burr for Guy Gardner. I've been saying it for years.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and because she did a great job, uh, Diane Guerrero as Jessica Cruz. I'd say. Yeah, I'm good. I don't know for Alan Scott. Uh, <laughs> Gary Busey came to mind.
2: <laughs> no, no, too crazy. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, what's his name? Bradley Whitford. Oh, right. That actually, Well, he's he's a bit short.
2: Oh, well, who cares? <laughs> give him some lifts. He'll be fine. Yeah, I know. But, you, you know, torso length, you can see the ratio. Like, I like where your head's at, but I want to say a bit taller. Is there a tall Bradley Whitford? Yeah, it's called Bradley Whitford with
1: lifts. <laughs> I don't
3: know
1: what to tell you, man. If they can give me a six foot four Wolverine, I can have a slightly lower than... Slightly shorter than average, Alan Scott. I
2: accept that. No, I accept that fully.
1: Especially if he has his get-out look, you know, where he's just sort of like the refined dude with a beard and little glasses. No,
2: I. If if we're doing <laughs> that, I want him in full Studio sixty mode.
1: Mm. I think we're wanting different things from our Whitfords, man. Really?
2: <laughs> yeah. Now I was wanting him in like the the full uh, like uh, I don't know uh, like the taking charge, but really willing to listen to people kind of mode.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant you wanted Alan Scott to start snorting coke.
2: No, 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 I know He's um, even in that show. He's, he's mostly in recovery. Actually, he's in, he's in recovery the entire show.
1: Yeah, he is. I
2: think. No, it's uh yeah, it's Matt Albee that has the cody addiction. Yes. He's good. It is. Rector's good. We can trust him. <laughs> <laughs> even though he failed the insurance thing that started the entire show.
1: But anyway, I need to watch that again.
2: I've been meaning to go back for that one too. It's so good.
1: I was just proselytizing that to to uh, Ray from Fans Without Borders. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how much he likes Sorkin, and I was like, Dude, <laughs> have you seen <laughs> Studio Sixteen? It's like, No. I'm like, Dude, you got to check it out, man.
2: It's really fun to see like uh, what's what's her name, Sarah something. Uh, she's one of the Sarah big Paulson. Parts. Yeah, Sarah Paulson. Uh, really fun to see her in the show, like being in the show, knowing that Sorkin was kind of writing that. For Kristen Chenoweth, hmm. in a way, hmm. I think that was what he was taking from at the time. Interesting. I believe that was who he was dating at the time. And that's who he had in mind, but I could be very wrong about that because it's been about ten years since I was that deeply involved in the Studio Sixty.
1: Yeah. So, uh, do you have any f- fan casts? I know you don't normally do that, but no,
2: it's not my uh, it's not my forte. But um, let's just do spitball. Who do you have?
1: I know, well, I mean, we I just told you, Bill Burr for Guy Gardner, Diane Guerrero as Jessica Cruz. I can't beat either
2: of those. They're fantastic.
1: Bradley Whitford for Scott Allen. I mean, Allen Scott.
2: Sorry. Mm. I feel like I should be able to beat the Allen Scott thing, but I have nothing I can contribute at the moment. Although the guy who... Hmm, no, no. I don't know there. Mm-mm.
1: No, you know you know who I would have said. that The guy that plays Homelander. For Allen Scott? Yeah. If we were doing like proper, in his prime, Allen
2: Scott. In his prime, yes. But I always imagine Allen Scott... Uh, Just a a bit older than that.
1: Well, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, all American comics, you know, number 16. No, I get that. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Like introducing the Green Lantern, you I literally have a picture of him on the high
2: riser on my left. I get it. I have that cover over here on the wall. I'm looking at it. (laughs) It's a, it's a purple Tommy gun, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) I get it. I don't know who I would put there either. It it does have to be somebody uh, kind of tall and blonde in a way. I don't know, man. It
1: looks like Homelander to me.
2: It does. I, I mean, yeah, he would do a he would he would do a good job with it. I, I wouldn't object to it at all. I would say that like uh, Anthony Anthony Scott, I think is his name, is um, or Anthony Bar Anthony Scott, I think is uh, he dude just looks super young. I mean, it, he, there's no crack, he, no nose, crow, no crow's feet, and for some reason. And it's probably because the character is as old as he is that it, it always feels to me like he's supposed to be a little bit older.
1: Yeah. I, well, I, maybe. I want him to, be a, to have key. been around for a while. Maybe that's the key. Like they can do flashbacks to him in his younger years and then throw on some makeup mm-hmm. and go to the future, you know. Or present day. All right.
2: good with that. <laughs> I can live with that. I really could.
1: All right, uh, let's see. Let's move on to The Flash. Uh, John Wesley Shipp has confirmed that Jay Garrick is going to show back up in season seven. Oh,
2: yeah. I assume has so, like an apparition about or that. something, but hey, dude.
1: Oh, I don't know. He says, um, he says he is coming back to the show. They were supposed to be at a further point in the story. They didn't get to play out the end of season six because of COVID as we know. Mm -hmm. So they've got to tie up some things. Eric Wallace has said that he does want to talk to me about some ideas about Jay Garrett going forward. So like, we know that all these earths are still around.
2: That's cool. And Eric Wallace will describe all of those ideas to us in detail after there.
1: Yeah. Give it a week. (laughs) He'll be like, I don't like spoilers, but here's what's going
2: to (laughs) happen. But, and then he'll just do a, like a screenshot of an NDA. He just, just, just signed.
1: Now here, now here's the thing though. Uh, Wesley Ship, John Wesley Ship says we know that Joan and Jay are are on Earth Prime. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they come up with. So we we might not need the multiverse for Jay. It looks like he's on Earth Prime. I didn't know he was on Earth Prime. This is news to me.
2: It would be yeah, that would be a bit a bit news. But that's fine. It if I told you there were a couple of rules to like a DC Crisis event. Uh, I might propose that there are several, but a couple of them would be these. One, a Flash has to die. Mm -hmm. Two, check. A Flash has to come back. Check. So (laughs) we're not outside the rules of the stuff we've all read. Yeah.
1: Um, We got some Batwoman news. Do you remember a gang leader on Gotham named Sykes? That name rings a bell. Um, They even showed me a picture in the article, and I still didn't know them. I'm going to look that up while you're talking. Anyway, uh, the actor Alex Morph has been tapped to uh, to play or guest star as Victor Zaz on season two of Batwoman. Oh, the I official. Saw him. All, right,
2: all right, keep going. Sorry.
1: The official description of his character is: he's a charismatic, skilled hitman with high, unpredictable energy. He proudly carves tally marks onto his skin for every victim he kills. Yep, that sounds like Zaz.
2: <laughs> the description's there, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I remember seeing the guy. No, I do remember seeing this uh, this bit of news, and I yeah, seems fine. I I do like the guy. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know him, but I don't remember him. In that bit At of character awe. acting, I, I remember it very briefly, but being okay with it. The uh, I I just kind of liked that the idea of him going back to like a not even a self mutilating because like psychologically that term is very specific. Mm-hmm. What he does is very different. He he is a serial killer with uh, tendencies like that's mm-hmm. it, it's not about self mutilation for him. But going back to that uh, that idea of him like that seems very important to me for the character. The, the, yeah. the self mutiling, the marking per you know the remembering your victim kind of thing, all that is is very important. That being said, I
1: mean I I don't know what you mean by going back to it because they've been doing that. I've never I haven't seen a version of Zaz where they didn't do that. Oh,
2: only in Gotham. That's my point. Well Gotham they did it. Did they? I don't remember him yes. actually self-mutilating. Oh yes, he did. I'm misusing the term again. Sorry. When? Oh no. No, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. He
1: like openly pulled up his sleeves and I'm recalling was talking the about how now.
2: Now that you've said it, yeah. <laughs> he,
1: he was telling. He told different people that they were going to earn a, a mark right here. Yeah, <laughs> I recall that. I recall that.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: All right. I
3: still, I'm so, gonna uh, miss
2: his depiction. Though. That was a lot of fun.
1: Uh, yeah, I like that guy.
2: He's good. I hope, him sees, I, hope I see him somewhere in the future.
1: Oh gosh! I just saw that he was on something. Uh, well, well, I don't know. I'll tell you when I. I'll probably talk to Bethany, and she'll be like, "Oh, it'll be this."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I sent this bit of news because I, I knew what it. I knew I was going to get a reaction. I sent this bit of news to to Brent over on fans. Nice.
3: <laughs> a little bit of baiting. Okay, good.
1: Legends of Tomorrow has made Gary a regular character, series regular for season six. I sent that to him, and his only response
2: was, fuck Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling the but, response would not be positive.
1: No. But... um. Entertainment Weekly does say that the character is not the mild-mannered goofball that our team of superheroes have taken him for all these years. and it says that season six will explore Gary's origin story. It's even more bizarre than you would imagine. Okay.
2: Are we going to pull a Wesley? Please. Right? Please. Look, Gary was fun for what it's worth. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think a lot of episodes focused on him more than they could have probably yeah. should have but he he has learned some neat stuff he has shown some character development just think when we've talked about gary he's always been the butt of the joke he's been uh he, he's always been there for comedic effect yeah. i haven't had to take him seriously if you gave me some reason he's supposed to be taken very seriously after all of that that i've overlooked after all this time mhm i would be very very interested as a viewer yeah, me
1: too. And in case anyone doesn't know what the hell we're talking about when we say Wesley, um, there was a character on... Well, he started out on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He was in season three as Buffy's watcher, and he was really Annette. incompetent. And uh, then when Terrible. Angel started the next just year... the
2: a visual gag to some extent.
1: Yes. And when he showed up on Angel the next year, he, was, he had gone rogue. He was calling himself a rogue demon hunter. Now hurting he himself was... Just was- as, weapons he had forged for himself well no 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 first he well yes somewhat <laughs> we but get there but he was still in he was still like not taken seriously and then a whole bunch of shit goes down and we come back in like season three or four of, of angel or something like that and he's got like weapons like swords that are like you know rid, or, or like uh coming out of his sleeves and he's just a badass and he's just completely just one eighty from what he was before. And someone,
2: I think he has reworked said, his com- charisma. Like if he was a yeah, D and player, yeah. they re-rolled his charisma and he rolled well.
1: Yeah. And then you, you like angel tracks him down. He's like, what the hell happened to you, Wesley? <laughs> yeah. And Wesley
2: just kind of turns
1: slightly and says, I was betrayed by my best friend and had my throat slit. And you're just like, damn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to To the and point they sh- literally have I'm a scene f- where he is left for dead in a park
1: yeah and I'm sure I've got some of vein. that wrong I'm sure I got some of those quotes wrong I haven't watched that episode since like 2000
2: 2000- <laughs>
1: the tins
2: had hadn't rolled around yet yeah I, I'm, I'm with you we were watching it at the same time when uh when I went back and rewatched all of it but yeah the uh Yeah, like, it it eventually gets to the point where, like, he's running the entire law firm for, you know, Wolfram and Hart that's basically the devil himself's, like, law firm when he needs it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, his uh, – Fred gets in trouble at some point and somebody suggests, mildly, just a suggestion that they should maybe work on another case. And he just opens a drawer, shoots them in the leg, puts the – firearm back in the drawer and says, let me know if you have any of complaints. Yep. Until then, I expect all resources to be directed toward the, uh, what, what's her last the name? The Merkle case. Yeah, the Merkle case. Yeah. <laughs> does this without flinching, does it without looking up from his papers. Now, point being, it's a giant transition of a character from what was like, what, eight eight years almost of screen time? Mm-hmm. And uh, from just goofy dude who... Literally could have gone away the next episode and we didn't give a fuck to, oh my God, this character's story is a very important thing.
1: Right. And I feel like if they're the series going to some extent, I would love for them to go this way with Gary. And I feel like if they go this way with Gary, his transition into badass and how much of a badass he is should be as proportional to how much, how goofy he was. And since he was at least a thousand percent goofier than Wesley ever was
2: <laughs> I'm actually willing to like, argue I, that
1: point. I think it's
2: maybe one I, or two times, depending on the scene. <laughs> and I depending on who we're Yeah. I think they're both equally goofy at times.
1: I I would sincerely hope like I want Gary to turn into that like motorcycle dude from raising Arizona. Like, <laughs> like the bounty hunter, just running around shooting rabbits. You know, and, and blowing up iguanas or something. I don't know.
2: I'm, I'm willing to go with you. I just, and this is embarrassing for me, need another example because I watched Raising in Arizona when I was like six and I haven't seen it since. Oh, Gary needs to be Lobo. Cool. Gotcha. Good. <laughs> yeah. I'm on board now. All right.
1: Let's 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 talk about this weird travesty that's going to piss off. He didn't have like a lot, of a lot of confidence when
2: he was obscuring the artifacts and stuff. I was hoping mm-hmm. that would have some indication. That'd be great. Anyway, go ahead.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, so HBO Max is <laughs> making a show called Bat Wheels. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: Sorry, you're having trouble it right. together while you... All right. Go ahead.
1: Not because I think it's that bad of an idea. It's just I think it's really funny how angry I've seen some people get over Oh, good. Okay. They are a team of incredible crime fighters who have banded together to oppose evil, combat crime, and clean up the streets of Gotham City. They are... Okay, they're not Batman and Woman. Uh, Batman and Robin. They're the Batwheels, an awesome group of sentient, super-powered crime-fighting vehicles defending Gotham City alongside Batman, Robin, Batgirl, and a host of DC superheroes. Having just been created by the Batcomputer, our heroes are essentially kids with little to no life experience. Led by BAM, the Batmobile, The Batwheels, BB, the Batgirl Cycle, Red, the Red Bird, Jet, the Batwing, and Buff, the Bat Truck. They must navigate the growing pains of being a newly formed super team, as well as the growing pains that come with just being a kid. This relatable and aspirational series will follow the journey of this dynamic team as they thrill and entertain with their heroic adventures, as well as demonstrate to kids... Kids? (laughs) One more. Kids the value of self-confidence, friendship, and teamwork. The (laughs) Tom Mishim, president of Warner Brothers uh, Global Kids um, Young Adults and Classics, says, Batwheels is the perfect show to headline our new foray into preschool. Of course. (laughs) Preschool. Not angry 40-year-olds in their mother's basements being angry that Batman isn't being taken seriously. (laughs) Preschool.
2: Do you feel better? No. (laughs) I I never feel better. Did you get that out of your system? I don't disagree with a single part of your take. I'm just asking. (laughs) Do you feel better? I don't know anymore. (laughs) Yes, that's silly as hell. At some point in in you describing it to me, I thought <laughs> I think I've had a dream like this. Uh-huh. I forgot it. I, f- I have forgot my- it until you've just mentioned, but I think I've had similar like notions
1: while I was sleeping. My, my only question is is it canon with Crypto and and
2: Ace the Bat-Hell? Oh, that's, that's what it is- reminded me of when you were telling you about it. It was like, look, there are things just there are things we just we you know they're out there. Mm-hmm. There isn't enough time. I mean, I mean, I say that, but like six years ago when we were talking about even recording this show, we thought there was going to be a time for that kind of thing. Um, mm. The environment changed. No. Hey, and you know, it could all go away any moment and we can just catch we'll up. We'll just go back to Crypto and Ace cartoons and that'll be fine. I think they were yeah. in by Paul Dini, weren't they? Some of them, yeah. <sighs> That's got to be glorious. They're probably like Let's, heart-wrenchingly wonderful. Probably, yeah. Oh, speaking I've of our earlier opi- comic- I've
1: actually seen a few episodes and it's actually pretty solid. Like, <laughs> I don't. Doubt it
2: um, It's enjoyable. I, I have one request at this point in my uh, just in my day to day life. If Disney Plus does anything, I need them to keep Bluey going. It's just an Australian show about a dog family. I need them to keep it going mm-hmm. because my daughter loves it, and I actually think it's not that bad. Okay, uh, just just a heartfelt plea.
1: Uh, that should be a tweet for whatever arg- algorithm
2: is listening.
1: A uh, tweet on your personal
2: account. Oh, I'll do that too.
1: <laughs> Let's get to this l- the last campaign. bit of the solicitor feedback. Um, in order, uh, <laughs> Stu Little, who is now referring to himself as Stu Lethal. I, I, I don't know if that's a threat to us or not. It's the Wesley thing, like we talked about before. Uh it says, Clear's throat. Hey, what the hell, man? I thought you guys were supposed to be professional. I sent an overly long and tedious email. He did. On to Henry Cooper. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We'll get to it, Stu give me a second was, <laughs> I've read it it was gloriously written it, it it's it's an essay it's actually uh, mm-hmm. really well thought out
1: yeah um someone is sounds like someone's shooting over here
2: it's really strange really does I'm not gonna rule it out now we're just kind listening to out. the sound of people shooting I mean I don't know what else to do we can't record just going to have to let that i i guess they ran out of shots what was that 8 9
1: yeah i got it under my desk man <laughs> it was loud it was it was getting closer to me was, good lord
2: i honestly I, like i at this point i live next to a pasture with a bunch of woods and if if i hear that i just kind of listen for direction a little bit and unless it sounds crazy uh, I just kind of assume it's people just playing in their backyard. Yeah. I don't know. We're shooting coyotes because the the people that own the pasture have uh, pretty much open permission to the people that live next to the pasture that if they just, if they see a coyote, just, you know, do your thing.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get back. Uh, Henry Cooper. Out of them in conversations, (laughs) y'all. Henry Cooper on Twitter says Pennyworth season two starts airing in like two months. You got to hurry up and finish it. Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Real talk though. Mm -hmm. I want to fit. I want to watch it. Season one. Mm -hmm. I probably will not watch season two until it's all out. Mm -hmm. And then we can just do a recap. And I think because of, you know, all the coronavirus delays, we actually might be able to get to this. What do you think?
2: I'm going to guess so. I have been wrong I mean, before. there's a trailer out there, and I haven't watched it. I know. I just, I've been wrong before about what I thought we could get to. Mm-hmm. And even over this summer, we have been very wrong about what we thought we would get to. Mm. Very. Yeah. We had a whole animated universe lineup planned. Didn't come to fruition. Mm. No. Just didn't it's
1: happen. It's funny, when you when you cut out one thing, uh, the, <laughs> like five gray hairs come back up in this place. <laughs> I was going to say Hydra, but that's no, – I'm not
2: supposed to say that on this show. Well, it's not even that. They don't use <laughs> – the concept of the Hydra isn't used – well, they do name check it. Yeah, you you cut one, the rest come back hard. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah,
3: the,
2: we we had ambitions. We still have ambitions, and we're trying. Sure. But doesn't mean it happens. We're still trying.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah i've i've lost the ability to predict what we're going to be able to do like in that sense
1: no oh, yeah no it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a promise money stretch but hope hopefully
2: but damn it it's going on the list and we will prioritize
1: it. i mean it's been on the list it's just you know i'm looking at the window now and going mm, we might need to go ahead and do that <laughs> all
2: right we're, we're gonna try to knock that out of the list really yep. hard
1: yep it's uh, too lethal Sorry man, I can't take I can't take that name seriously. Uh, <laughs> Stu Little. If uh says if DC stood for something else besides the Detective Comics, what should it be?
2: <laughs> um mm.
1: what, what do you think, Jason? Oh. Um
2: hmm. based on a lot of my uh Twitter interactions, I think it should just be don't comment. <laughs> What was sad is the first thing that came to mind was Doctor
1: of Chiropractic. Nice. It's like Batman's just like Alfred. Damien needs L one and L five alignment. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, you need to strengthen those lower back muscles. Have you ever used a yoga ball? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, back in back in the days of uh, you know uh, re- returns on on releases of movies, it maybe just. Uh, didn't care.
1: oh yeah. Maybe,
2: yeah. We live in different times now.
1: All right. So, uh before we get to the to the the, the stew email mm-hmm. because he did send us yet another gentle reminder as he puts mm-hmm. it of the smallville email from last show.
2: I remember a series of exclamations, but I get your point.
3: Mhm. Mhm.
2: Mhm. <laughs> it was a fair point. I <laughs> Like I said, it was a very nuanced email. I didn't want to rush it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not going to not rush it. <laughs> Look, let's get to this voicemail real quick.
3: Hey, David. Um, <coughs> sorry. sorry about that. I was choking on a piece of gum. So, But with the news of Justice League Dark coming out, uh, like a spin-off show for Constantine and Zatanna, do y'all think they should do episodes before? Maybe like, three or four episodes of Constantine, and then three or four episodes of Zatanna, and then I really want to see Phobo, so and they have, like, maybe two episodes for him, and then lead up to, like, a all-together show. Would you guys want to see that? And if so, what characters would y'all want to see on there? All right, guys. Keep, keep doing a good job. All right, guys. Later.
1: <laughs> you all right, man? Don't... <laughs> Choke? I mean, it's, it's okay, man. You don't have to swallow your gum.
2: We, we've we all literally choked. <laughs> yeah, we have. We on have. this podcast. I've
1: done so, yes, on this podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I
2: was tempted to do so in solidarity.
1: <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't... What I would like to see, I'd, because of how Netflix wound up uh, finding the numbers... On the Defenders shows, mm-hmm. you know, they had no, uh, like, people would watch the Defenders and not watch Iron Fist. People would watch, you know, Iron Fist and not watch Jessica Jones and all sorts of random stuff. No,
2: people watch the crossovers so, on CW, but don't watch any of the shows contributing to it.
1: Right. So, Still a thing. I would say, I would say, and maybe this is my own recent bias, I say they do Justice League Dark. Like they do, the boys just tell a story. Have those characters be interesting. Don't worry about making individual episodes all about one of them. And if a character is a breakout, and we know that JJ is talking about doing a Constantine show, talking about doing a Zatanna show, um, if a character is a breakout,
2: see where they get do you. Do that
1: show. Yeah, do do a show about it. But I wouldn't tie it in with the Justice League Dark story as much as I would just use that as a stepping stone to more individual stories that where you can flesh out those characters and each character's individual universe. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. There's, there's an instinct there that I like, but, and to me it was represented really well in say doom patrol and Titans where they, they kind of have like a focus pull in certain areas and you know, production wise, you can tell, you know, X actor was, off the list for this episode and didn't have as many responsibilities and you know scheduled times but i there are ways to do that really well that even still you know can glove into the rest of the series and 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 look really good and and be a lot uh, like be really rewarding Mm -hmm. there's also something that i kind of fear when it's brought up is Mm -hmm. the arrested development problem yeah as an ensemble show, that thing is untouchable. As a show that was put on Netflix to bring it back where they had to recut everything a certain way later to redo the series to make it seem more like the original series. Like, yeah, there there are some detriments to doing characters. You, you do lose interest with certain viewers. And, you know, let's face it, these things are not perfect. It is an industry that re- revolves around viewers and money and, frankly, attention span. So when you focus on somebody for a minute, you lose other people. It That part is zero sum. Yeah. You don't get everything. Um, <laughs> like even the people you keep, there are people that just go, oh, no, fuck you and, and change it. Yeah. So it, I don't know. It is a trade-off and it has to be done well.
1: Yeah. No, I don't mind seeing them all, you know, come together and watching like certain individuals come together and then slowly build the team. Yeah. And to fight whatever. But I don't. I don't think I just want to be like,
2: episode one, Constantine, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think I'd prefer not to do that exactly. Um, It has its merits as far as like, like, yeah, sure. The Avengers, you know, before the Avengers was a bit of a building process and it was Mm -hmm. rewarding to watch that happen.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, A little bit unprecedented to watch the process itself happen, but even in television where things do operate differently and even in streaming where things operate very differently. Um, I'll tell you this. I think if you're going to do that method where you focus, focus, focus on somebody, mm-hmm. if you drop the entire season at once, you've got a way better chance. Like if I have to wait a week because I got bored with an episode, yeah, uh, there is a mentality. And for the most part, that's not me, but I mean, it depends on the property I mean, it depends on the property and the time. Um, if, if, I don't know. And if if you don't hold my interest from week to week, yeah, dude, I'm, I can bail just like anybody else. I get it. If you can drop everything at once and I can just watch everything at once. Yeah. This may be a very different conversation.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, I, I believe he asked what, what, uh, what characters we wanted to see too. Um, Honestly, man, I, I I as long as this got Constantine, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, and Detective Chimp, they can play with all the others, man. I would like to see Ragman. Honestly, I would like to, I would love to see Ragman floating around.
2: I would. the The current books are, you know, uh, Doctor
1: Fate. I need Doctor Fate.
2: Yeah, Doctor Fate's every player in the current books. Um, both versions you of Doctor really... Fate. I really do like the
1: idea of Wonder Woman being involved. Oh,
2: It's been a lot of fun. But they they have done a pretty good job in the series right now of bringing her in as a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and honestly, they have used her to kind of rewrite the the magic universe in DC in general to some extent. Mm-hmm. But they don't lean on her too hard. Like, yeah, for series or for runs they do or for stories they do. But then they kind of back off and, and look at the whole yep. picture. So yeah, you've always got those people. You've got some blue devils on the outside, some you know, some, no blue devil. some night masters yeah. hanging around the perimeter. That yeah, they're dead now. Um,
1: can we can we get like an Atlantean witch doctor up in there?
2: <laughs> they have been visited. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, look, Atlanteans are straight magic wielders at times. Fuck yeah, bring them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they've had they've had a lot of fun. And the magic universe in <clears and> DC <disease throat> just has so much you can grow into.
1: Absolutely. You, you oh,
2: dude, they're demons, angels, and everything in between. Fucking mm. go crazy.
1: All right. Uh let's let's wrap it up with Stu's email here. Now Stu Little or lef- Lethal, Leafle. Stu Leafle, mm-hmm. sorry. Forgot how how serious he became. He's just like, you know, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Went from little to lethal. It, Holy shit.
2: I don't know if that's wrapped
3: up.
1: (laughs) Stu sent us an email a couple weeks back. Stu's been noticing a lot of what he called rose-tinted nostalgia for Smallville, specifically from people using Smallville to bash Arrowverse. Um, But he thinks that all the things they're complaining about in regards to Arrowverse were inherited from Smallville. Cheap-looking costumes, love triangles, the superheroes having a team instead of figuring it out for themselves... Uh, differences from canon. Um, he does reiterate that he likes Smallville, and he credits Smallville with being ahead of the curve <laughs> for casting Dean Cain as a psychotic supervillain. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, personally, I, and maybe in the past, I have, and maybe I just unfollowed or muted those people. But I, man, I haven't seen anyone having this particular criticism that I can remember. I mean, as we all know, my memory shit. But you know, I, I maybe even complained about it on the show before. But no, I haven't
2: seen it in a long time. At the very least, I, I, personally, I think your memory is far better than mine, and uh, between the two of us, we we can hope to do the work of one person. I'll give him. I'll give him the overall point, though. It. Yeah, I mean, if there are, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people out there doing it. I, where it came in was this criticism that you know the era is both too nostalgic and not nostalgic enough at the same time in a way like i i get i get the point it's not like they're writing the book on um, the deviations yeah and they're not lowering the bar either like the idea that the eraverse is like just bringing in these cheap versions of things look dude let's hey you and i bring this up a lot let's give geomancer as the bar um, yeah, that's terrible writing, but, and, you know, frankly, it didn't look great either, mm-hmm. but is that the first time we've ever seen something like that?
3: No,
1: no,
2: no, <laughs> not even close. And Smallville, uh, you know, for the 10 years we had, it, uh, did an incredible job of world bending, but, uh, it also did, <clears throat> there's a lot of blue balling in there too. Like <laughs> we waited yep. years for stuff that should have maybe taken episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 saw versions of people that were you know amazing to see, but you, you wonder was that as good as as it felt when we had it, or were we a man wandering in the desert who found a patch of water? Like yeah, the, the Martian Manhunter didn't look great, Rainiac didn't look great, the Legion didn't I mean, look great.
1: Manhunter didn't look great, but looking at because he included photos.
2: <laughs> yeah, look, I'm looking at looking. Them. They don't looking look. Looking
1: back, they don't. But looking back at that Manhunter, which it was he was played by Philip Morris, and I love Philip Morris.
2: Yeah, I did too.
1: Or Phil Morris. Um, man, I love that aesthetic. I love the look. Like if the CG was better, if his head hadn't been so big, if they'd gave him a little padding, something. <laughs> but honestly, like just like Detective Manhunter, where he's just got like. <laughs> like a cross between like an old style detective and Martian Manhunter. I dig the shit out of that. I, like that's the old school Martian Manhunter holding guns, dude. Like I'm down. I get like, it. I don't know. I I dig it. I dig it. Look, the a, like,
2: the aesthetic's cool. I I I get that. Did it but no? I mean uh, uh, like looking back, no, it didn't look fantastic. No, we can admit that it's fine. It 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 still felt great to see it. It's not it. it that's I, I think one of the points Stu was making here is like no, it doesn't invalidate something that it's not the best it could possibly have been.
1: Yeah, I mean, and for all we know, it could it was the best it could have possibly been for the for the budget and the time. Oh, for the budget and but, the time, but,
2: sure. For the time, no, but for the budget at the time, yes. Yeah.
1: But also the people involved in Smallville, they were going for a very specific kind of aesthetic. They were not going for comic book. They were going for, let's try to make this into contemporary teenage years, Kansas. Yeah, And I think they succeeded for the most part on that. And Arrow and and the Arrowverse is a different beast in a lot of ways.
2: You know, hey, man, I mean... They, they took some risks and shit. They did a great job for what they had at their disposal. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not trying to <laughs> not trying to say anything about that, but to Stu's point, when you compare it to the Airverse, yeah, dude, there were a lot of Pratt Falls that they both hit. Pitfalls, mm-hmm. I mean. Anyway, Pratt Falls too.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I like both of them. I love Smallville. Yeah. I enjoyed the crap out of it.
2: Yeah, it, it still warms my heart.
1: So, Shyamalama, let's call it. I'm done. <laughs> Stick a fork in me. I still got a Star Trek cast to do.
2: Yeah. Go do anything.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to DC on screen. Thank you everyone who contributed and sent in questions and uh long ass emails, Stu and reminded me several times to, to talk about it. Sorry. I'm
2: genuinely. Sorry. I sorry that took long. That took a long time to get back to. Sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> dconscreen.com for every episode uh, if you want to support us without uh, throwing in for Patreon man, just share us with your friends uh, pop over to Apple Podcast and leave us a, a good review uh, a good written review is, is awesome as well I don't know, until next time keep some DC on your screen
2: somebody save me no, 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 they're going to flag us for copyright. No, that's fair use I think you have to have a few measures. No, it's like one and the three-quarter. Fuck it. We're not far enough. We're fine.
1: <laughs> I was joking anyway. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GYMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DConscreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.
0: You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at iwuishow.com.